Right, welcome to another Talking Tech with the Techie Guy on cliffcentral.com. And today we're talking about two very specific subjects. We're talking about virtual wallets, digital wallets. Can you leave the house without actually carrying your credit card? Is that something that's a reality in South Africa? Or is it something that's kind of, I don't know, in the future, very futuristic stuff? So we got Brett from WeChat. He's going to talk to us about their digital wallet that was launched last week to a great success. I use it often, and I must tell you, it's definitely a product that you've got to check out. Um, on top of that, um, after that, we're going to have Aaron who's going to coming in from Digital Republic, who's going to be telling us all about how do you demystify the gumph on social media and the stats and the rubbish that's out there? How to make it meaningful and, u- and useful? And the cool thing is you don't have to have a multi-billion dollar budget to be able to use that system. So it's nice to be able to know that you can track what goes on in social media and how it directly relates to you selling some products. So it's about friggin' time we have some solutions in South Africa that do, that does that. So um, let's call Brett in and let's get kicking off with Talking Tech. This is CliffCentral.com. Right, guys, we're here with Brett, head of WeChat Africa. Brett, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. Exciting day today. Yes, big day for us. Okay, so tell us what's going on with WeChat. So we know, you know for those who don't know, let's just put a bit of background. So WeChat and Cliff Central have a very intimate relationship. We do. Uh, kind of, that's, how we, that's how we started, how we got <laughs> to like insane coverage. Um, so now WeChat is taking many, many steps forward. And um, last week on Thursday is when you launched a, an amazing wallet. Right. Okay. So tell us what this is all about. So it's, it's kind of the next step in the evolution. You know, I'm glad you, you brought up the Cliff Central thing straight away. I think for obvious reasons, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the initial, um, idea behind getting involved with Cliff Central was to actually help people understand that WeChat is a platform that plugs in with third party things, you know, so whether it's a media streaming business or, you know, food delivery, like with order in, uh, or pickup, which is uh, last mile parcel delivery. It's this ecosystem that actually enables businesses to communicate with the people who are on WeChat. So helping people understand that has been quite a challenge because it's a, it's a fairly complex product. The next layer is obvious. It's transactional because, mm. you know, when we start dealing with things like food delivery and parcel delivery, those are services people pay for. So having payments integrated into the framework is just the next step. So it's, it's the right time for us to do this. Okay, I mean, you, you've like touched on like a bazillion points in three sentences, okay, which is how Brett always operates. <laughs> Sorry, <man. laughs> Believe me, uh, um, uh, let's explore the whole thing as a platform because I think sure. that's kind of the biggest misconception, and this is a something I've been trying to explain a, a, a lot as well. WeChat is kind of people think it's oh, your instant messaging. I want mm. to talk to a mate. Mm. Yes, it has that facility. Yes, but that's a facility. Right. There is so much. There's so much more to to the platform. Um, so you know, we, we, if I'm a brand, mm. what else could I use WeChat for besides just kind of sending a message to a customer? It's quite a hard question to answer because there is a ton of flexibility okay. uh, in the platform. So uh, what I what I think is 
probably the best way to describe it is to give a couple of examples. So, you know, we're talking about the wallet. So let's, let's talk about our partner, which is Standard Bank. A couple of months ago, they launched um, an initiative they call Always on Banking. And what they did is they launched an official account within WeChat that allows you to have a direct text conversation with uh, a private banking client. Um, and I think that that's, that's a kind of radical shift in sure. the way you can engage with a customer. I like that a lot because if you think about the fundamentals of how we behave using our mobile phones these days, um, it's quite ironic because you don't really use them for phoning so much anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's all drifted toward yeah. uh, data-driven services. Text, text, text. And it's all text. The sure. way we talk to each other is text. Mm, so why wouldn't we want to talk to our businesses that way? Mm. Why wouldn't we want to be dealt with as a client that way? Sure. And I think that them taking that step is a pretty visionary thing, and they're seeing some interesting results from that. So you can have – what you just described before, which is like a broadcast out to the people who follow your official accounts so that everybody sees the message you're sending them. But you can also then initiate a one-on-one private conversation from the client side and deal with things that you could never deal with in another messaging platform. For example, um, you know, take any other social platform. doesn't matter which one it is. Would you feel comfortable talking to someone about your account details and sure. talking about exactly. you know, where the money's actually gone? Not the chance. Not the chance. Mm. But in WeChat, the stuff is possible because the security is actually managed by the bank. It's their content. It's their environment. So they use your platform to kind of make that possible. Exactly. But at the end of the day, the security is still intact. Exactly. So I could have, um, with an official account, I could talk to my banker um, and then I could ask a specific question with my account to do with me only and have a one-on-one conversation, but without making the phone call. Yes. So there's none of this press one for this, press two for that. And then you get to the wrong person and three hours later, you're still frustrated. Exactly. Okay. And I like, I like that. I think that, well, we all do. That's next level stuff. And, and the other thing is, is from a human behavior perspective, if you think about how we speak to each other with uh, text messaging, if there's a minute, uh, a minute gap between messages, it's actually fine. Fine. But you can't do that on the phone. Fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what it does is it creates space and bandwidth for the actual call center clients uh, uh-huh. or call center uh, agents, rather, sure. uh, to figure out how to actually deal with a customer problem in the best way. And I must tell you, I'd rather wait mm. and get the right answer versus the runaround because they're quickly reading off a script or trying to find the right page on the computer. Yeah. I have a question. Mm. Fine. Take some time. Think about it. But come back to me with an answer. Yes. And this is what it does. Right. And I think today's kind of world is – we want self-service. I mean, we want to be able to do it ourselves. We want to be able to do at any time of the day or night, I want to be able to go online and order stuff and pay for it and top up my account. Why do I have to wait to get a scratch card tomorrow morning to top up my airtime? Yes, I mean, exactly. that, those, those days are, I think, I think are gone, right? Yes, and I mean, the tech is, is available now, so it's simply a matter of packaging it in the right way, mm. and we kind of hope that we're managing to do that with uh, with some of the things we're doing, and uh, especially with this wallet. I mean, we put a lot of effort into it, so we're really excited about it. All right, so let's go, let's go, kind of, let's go into the wallet itself. I mean, this was a bit of a background on, on, on WeChat as a whole, but the wallet itself. Mm. Okay, so what happens? I have, a, I have WeChat, I've downloaded it, I've installed it. I now want to set up a wallet. What does it mean, a wallet? What's a virtual wallet? So, I mean, uh, it's a it's a great question because it's quite a complex environment mm. in South Africa and the rest of Africa. You know, the and, and you'll know this because of the the industry you work in. But, um, you know, from a tech perspective, Africa and the countries in Africa are absolutely leading the charge when it comes to mobile money. Absolutely. <clears throat> And I think the reasons are, are pretty interesting. You know, you look at what's going on with M-Pesa in Kenya and, um, you know, 
the reason that, that the adoption grew as quickly as it did is probably related to a couple of fundamental things. Like the regulator wasn't paying attention at the time. That's the first one. Uh, secondly, there, there is no a- ATM infrastructure, not in comparison with a first world country anyway. So finding ways to move money around and, and exchange value sure. in a simple, easy way it was a super va- uh, powerful value proposition. So in South Africa, things are quite different. I mean, we have pretty extensive banking networks here, and there are ATMs on every corner mm-hmm. um, and so on. So we had to figure out how to create value by combining multiple types of functionality into our wallet uh, architecture. And that was quite challenging. But I think that we've done a pretty good job. And the way we've approached it is to to say to ourselves, if I were to replace my physical leather wallet that sits in my pocket, how would I do it? What would I need to have in my phone to replace that? I need cash. Mm-hmm. I need cards. And I need to be able to use that those cash and cards with other people and institutions that are going to take Absolutely. my value for the service or the product that they're going to give me. Sure. And I think that's what we've tried to do. And I, I hope we've actually uh, gotten at least close to that uh, for our launch. And, and, of course, this is just the first step. You know, I think there's a, a long road ahead of us with this. As what I've noticed with you, there's always phase two, three, four, seventeen. <laughs> coming down the track. So what we see is obviously the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Okay, but let's go into the actual services themselves. Okay. Mm. So I have my wallet. I created I created the account. Now people are scared of this. So people are saying, nah, I don't know, this technology stuff. Um I don't want to get into a situation where it's embarrassing. I go to a shop, mm. I want to pay and now something goes wrong. Mm. Let me rather use cash or let me use my kind of traditional credit card. But at the end of the day, it, we're talking about the same switch. Same, the same functionality happens on the back end. Yes. But more, fundam- more fundamental, it's divided into two. You've touched on that as well, cash and card. Mm. So let's talk about the cash kind of component of this. Mm-hmm. Do you create an account for me? Am I, as in, you said you're your partner Standard Bank. Do you automatically create a standard bank account for me? How does that work? It's not a. It's technically not a bank account. Um, it it sits into. If you want to get really technical on the um, on the financial side, it sits in the exemption seventeen rules um, uh, under the South African banking legislation. Which it, it's not a full bank account, okay. but it, you're allowed to use it as if it's a bank account, but with certain within certain frameworks. frameworks okay. So you you can uh, you can move twenty five thousand rand uh, a month through it. Five thousand rand a day is a limit. And no more than that. So you can't use it as a business bank account, for right, example. Right, right, right. But for personal use, one-to-one stuff, really awesome. super, super right, powerful. Sure. Yes. Okay. Mm. So now, I've got this account. So it's a virtual account. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it all sounds kind of super futuristic stuff, but it's available today, which is, I really kind of dig that. Um, so I've got my account. Now what? With an account, I need to top up. I need to put some money in. Mm. How does that work? So, I mean, this is one of the biggest challenges of all when it comes to virtual wallets is how do you get money in the system? Mm. And probably a more important question is why do you put money no, in the right. system? I mean, what, what for? Right. <laughs> you know, so exactly. we, we hope that we can kind of answer a, cu- a couple of those questions. So um, in reality, to do something technically like send money person to person, credit card to person, how would you receive it? What would be the, the vessel within which you hold the value? Um, so you need a virtual wallet of some sort. Okay, and so we use the virtual wallet. The core value proposition for that is person-to-person money sent. Okay, that's the the foundational thing. However, we've expanded that because the virtual wallet environments that we've seen so far all use this as the key value proposition. You can send money to a friend, and then they can do something with it. They can okay. either you know buy some airtime or cash it out or whatever. But no one, uh, and this is a, a new thing that we're introducing, which I'm pretty excited about, uh, no one allows you to use that kind of, in inverted commas, cash balance uh, to transact with a merchant. Yes. So now… 
um, in, and one of the other uh, key things that we've done is integrate with SnapScan. We can speak more about that in a minute. Um, but it means that you can pay with your cash balance at any SnapScan terminal. So you don't need a credit card or debit card to use our wallet. And I think that's a really powerful idea. Because it's exactly that, is that I have my wallet and it has this thing called cash. Now, I know we're going towards a cashless society that everybody's trying to get there. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I still have this physical rands and cents. So if I go into a shop, mm. I can hand over the rands and cents. Mm. But you've taken care of that as well. So if I, my wife left her credit card at home or left her purse at home and now she's stuck um, you know, at the tuck shop at school, um, she wants to get, to get some food, am I able to send her some money? Yes, you can send her money in real time. It's it's literally as easy as sending a, a picture. It's that quick. Okay. It works. It works in a pretty similar way. So you know the money that you send her arrives in a chat between you and her. She taps on uh, the little icon that we send, which will have a, a little picture of your profile pic, okay. uh, along with it and a message. So you know, love you, baby. <laughs> Here's your hundred bucks. And then she taps on it, and uh, the next screen she'll have an accept or decline button. Um, not sure why anyone would, would decline. decline yeah. You know, <laughs> there, there are people who are honest when accidents happen, I suppose. Right. Um, and then she'll uh, tap on accept, and that uh, balance, her balance in, uh, in in the wallet will just, just increase. automatically increase by that amount. Yeah. Okay, so she can now, now that it's in her wallet, mm-hmm. she's able to do something with it. Yes. So what's the next step? So the next step depends on what she wants to do with it. So okay. if she needs to buy airtime, just buy airtime directly in the wallet. We support that. If she needs to buy prepaid electricity, just buy it directly in the wallet. Data? data? Uh, you can buy data as well. So, okay, right. Yeah, and we support all of the operators um, and we support all of the municipalities uh, for electricity. So I think that's quite useful. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then if, if it comes to the next step, which is interaction with the physical world, right. if the merchant or, or the place that you're at or that your wife is at uh, supports SnapScan, you can just scan the code and pay with it. Okay. Uh, and pay with the cash balance there. Or if she needs physical cash for some reason, right. just go to a standard bank ATM and cash it out. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. How do we go to a standard bank and cash it out without a, without a debit card or a credit card? So what happens is we generate a unique voucher code and PIN. Uh, directly in the app and you walk up to a standard bank ATM they've got a cashless uh, or cardless service okay. um, there's um, there's a, a button for that you tap that button it asks you to put in the voucher code asks you to put in the pin and it spits out the money the one thing that's quite unique because um, these these t- style of products they're called remittance products um, in South Africa they're uh, available pretty much with all the banks but the way they work is if I send you a voucher for 500 rand, you cash out 500 rand. What right. we've done is we've taken that voucher and we've split it up into whatever you want to do. So right. if I send you 500 rand and you only want to take 100 rand out the ATM, okay. you choose the amount and we we create a brand new voucher for that value uh, dynamically and you cash out 100 bucks and your balance will drop down to the right uh, value in the wallet. Okay, but that's quite fundamental because mm. it's not an all or nothing situation. Yes. So in other words, if I have my kids in Cape Town, they're having a Draw and too much of a draw on. <laughs> I can send them a thousand rand onto their wallet. Yes, they don't have to draw a thousand rand in one shot before that disappears. Yes, they could draw out a hundred at this time, five hundred yes. rand the next day, exactly. until that obviously it goes down to zero. Yes, and then I get daddy. I need more money. Yes, right. Okay, exactly. that kind of idea. Yeah. Okay, so now that's how I can. So I can actually essentially convert the virtual into physical cash. Yes. No mess. No first kind of situation. Yes. But, um, I actually had a personal story where I did leave a wallet at home. And what do you do? Yeah. It's too far to go back. You're going to be late for your meeting, but you can't travel without any cash on you, without any ability to pay for the cup of coffee you're about to have. Mm. Um, 
If I had this, this would have been the answer. Yes. But it takes it one step further because you spoke about SnapScan. Tell me about how the SnapScan and what is SnapScan for those who don't know. So SnapScan, um, they're a Cape Town-based um, startup, um, local guys who have done, I think, an, an absolutely phenomenal job. So the way they work is instead of having uh, the normal point-of-sale terminal, which is generally this um, this bulky thing, mm-hmm. it looks like a giant cell phone with a keypad on it that uh, you stick your credit card into when you pay at a restaurant – uh, or at the counter, they've replaced that whole machine effectively with a QR code. So it's it's basically a, a printed out square barcode that you sit on the countertop. All you do is scan that code, and the code represents the merchant, and you put the amount in that you want to pay, you push the pay button, and uh, the merchant then receives those funds. So it, it kind of, it's just another method of paying the merchant. So instead of using card, right. uh, just directly through scanning the QR code. It's, it's super simple, very fast. Um, and, and the other thing they've done exceptionally well, I mean, uh, in the time that they've been running, is they've managed to activate uh, a very large mer- merchant footprint. I, I think, and we'd have to confirm oh, yeah. with Corbis, but I think it's more than 20,000 merchants in South Africa. And they're backed by Standard Bank as well. Right. So, I mean, they'll have that footprint and that power behind them. Yes. So we know from a security point of view, we know that it's legit. Absolutely, okay. yes. Um, and, and, and we've seen them. There's a QR code at various coffee shops, various kind of restaurants. Right. They give you an option. I had blood work done, and at the bottom it says play with a snap scan. Yeah. I thought that's incredible. Okay. Yeah, I think that was very smart of them, actually. I mean, because paying bills is, you know, logging into internet banking and going and doing an EFT, is, it's, it's just so much easier. It's a pain. Yes. You've got to set them up as a beneficiary or as a once-off. You wait for yeah. the one-time. Yeah. Uh, uh, four days later, okay, <laughs> just, just snap it away, right? Yeah. Okay. And then, so now this is integrated into the system. Yes. Okay. So if I've already got the snap scan app on my phone, mm-hmm. Um, and I've got the WeChat wallet. Is there a difference between the two? The, the difference is the cash balance. Okay, right. So I mean, if you've got if you've got a card in, uh, embedded with a SnapScan app and you scan and pay, same. and you've got the same card embedded with WeChat to scan and pay, it's exactly the same thing. I don't get charged any more, any less. No, it's exactly other. the same. Okay. Absolutely identical. Uh, the, the difference with us is that you can pay with that cash balance. Okay, right. Yeah. But I think it's a fundamental difference because um, first of all, there's a lot of people who don't have bank accounts, mm-hmm. a lot of people who don't have credit card exactly. facilities. So now you've given them the option to actually make that make that happen. Yes, right, by having a topped up account that you draw down on. Yes. Okay. Um, so as as a um, as we as we kind of going through the process, I'm sitting at my coffee shop. I see that they take SnapScan. The bill comes. What do I do? Do I snap? Do I scan a QR code with my phone through the app? So there's two there's two ways to do it. <clears throat> um, excuse me. <clears throat> two ways to do it. Um, you can either scan the QR code directly with the inbuilt uh, QR code scanner that's in WeChat. That's like if you're on the home home screen of mm-hmm. WeChat, the top right, in the very top right corner is a plus button. When you tap the plus, one of the options is scan QR code. You can just do that and it will invoke the wallet. Oh, um, so I don't have to be in the wallet to do that? No. Just open WeChat, scan it. Exactly. Done. That's it. Okay. Done. Or if you open the wallet, uh, we've got this uh, little ni- uh, three by three grid of nine things that you can do, and the center one is SnapScan. Tap that, and it opens up the QR code scanner. Okay. Scan the code, and then it'll it'll basically pop you into the next screen, which shows you who the merchant is. So you make sure that it's not a fake, right, 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 fake right. code in front of you. So it's sure. got the the restaurant's name and and an image if they've put one in. Um, you put in the amount. Uh, choose whether you want to put a tip in there or not. Um, push yes to process the payment, and then your PIN code done. 
And the merchants, they are happy to accept it. They, they, for them, the experience is identical because at the moment what they get is either if they have integration into their point-of-sale systems, they'll get a notification there. Or if they're a smaller merchant that hasn't done that yet, they've generally got a cell phone and they receive an SMS to confirm that the payment has come through. Okay. Okay, so all of that stuff works exactly the same for the merchant. Okay, because we don't want to have a situation where you know the customer takes the WeChat wallet, goes into the shop, says, I've already paid you. And the merchant says, no, you haven't. I need to see the actual money or I need to see a credit card. Here they'll get some sort of a confirmation to say this person has paid. Exactly. They get the exact same confirmation they would as if you'd used the Snapscan app. Okay. So same. No, no, exactly no, no, same. no difference. Right. Um, right. Now, we spoke about cash. Now, there's an ability to link up to three credit cards or cards, chip and pin cards. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Um, I think, you know, giving people flexibility in that regard is, is quite important. Um, and we support debit card as well. So, you know, yeah. you want to, you know, and, and people have different reasons for, for wanting to multiple have multiple cards. Multiple and cards. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, you know, we thought three was a, a, nice a good enough number. Yeah. There's no, there's no, like, <laughs> the hidden, hidden meaning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just three, three is a good number. Yeah. Three because it's not four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so now I could link up, I'm going to the app. And then I hook up my credit card as, as card number one. Mm-hmm. I have a business account as number two, debit card number three. Exactly. Now what happens? Um, now that's in there, if I want to pay for something? So when you pay, so going back to the SnapScan example, <clears throat> you choose the payment method that you're going to use. So you either choose card or cash. Okay. So okay, okay. kind of the same as if you were standing right. in real life. Well, uh, nice, exactly that. Yeah. You make that decision. And put the amount in, pin code, pay. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing, um, and I think we asked this at the start and never really got to it, but how do you top the wallet up? Right, right, right. Um, you can top it up directly from credit card and debit card. Okay, so you can move so, from the one section to the other section. Exactly. So, and the, this, I mean, it seems like a ridiculous thing to, and why would you like do why that? Why would you want it? Yeah. And the reason is, is because of what you said just now, a lot of people don't have credit cards. So how do they get cash? Well, okay. you know, in the scenario you were, you were painting with your, <laughs> with your daughters is, uh, you put a thousand rand into your, into your cash balance from your credit card in the app and send them 500 bucks. Uh, and they don't even have to have a credit card or, or any other card inputted in order to receive that money and then use it. So, Okay. So now, I mean, let's talk kind of generation gap <laughs> or, 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 or uptake. Are we ready for this? I mean, besides us techie who loves this sort of crap, you know, um, is South Africa ready for leaving wallets at home and starting to trust this technology? What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, th- this kind of environment moves so fast. Yeah. And I think – I think we're at a very interesting point in time. If you think about the last 10 years and what's happened in the mobile space, we've cut the mobile phone, specifically the smartphone really, has kind of absorbed all of these things. You know, it's, it's taken cameras away from us. It's taken video cameras. It's taken, um, you know, I, I don't wear a watch anymore. And, and, and the list goes on and on when you start really breaking it down. You know, you don't buy the newspaper anymore. You just get your news on your phone. News you don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, oh, the thing at the bottom of the budgie page. Okay. Right. Got you. So. So the thing is that the, everything kind of moves to the phone because, <clears throat> excuse me, the phone is kind of this um, amazing computer right. that represents who you are and what you need and what you want. The, the, the phase that we're moving into now is particularly interesting. If you look at um, what's going on with services and products like Uber, the phone is becoming an extension into the physical world. 
That stuff is happening now. And when the user experience is good enough, mm. the uptake is phenomenal. Right. I mean, what, what's happened with Uber is unprecedented. Sure. No sure. business in the history of businesses has ever grown that fast. It's just mind-bending. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the reason is because transparency, ease of use, and it's like if you really, really think about it and take a big step back, it's just a taxi ride. Right, sure. Why is it so special? You what's, know, what's the hub? Yeah, well, the hub is user, user experience. <laughs> there we go. It's just so simple and easy, and it just works. So if we can deliver that in the wallet, I mean, the question might not be, is the market ready for this? The question might be, you know, do we have a good enough user experience to activate the market? Gotcha. Um, so it, it's it's hard to tell because. As you said at the start, I mean, there's been uh, dozens of mobile money plays and mobile wallets that do different things. So, you know, we, we think we've got a good shot at actually activating audience and delivering real value. And I mean, that's the, that's the secret, isn't it? Sure. You know, if you, if you have a valuable service, people will use it. So we, we hope we've got that. Um, but, you know, in the, the real time dynamic world of uh, mobile and, of and life. <laughs> right. we can, we can see pretty quickly what's working and what's not. But that's, and, and we'll adapt. And that's the greatest thing is that yes. it used to be that you know it was like a titanic you can't just turn that around it's like it takes years to kind of set a new course well with the world of tech you test it doesn't work you adapt people were demanding new services if you want to pay for the grand and all of a sudden that's your biggest demand hell you'll add demand (laughs) you know um but that's the whole thing is that you can adapt as the customer wants you to adapt um and i and i think that and i think that's kind of that's that's the right right approach what exactly. I like is what you said is that before we used to carry lots of stuff, mm. and as we leave the house now, we're carrying less and less and less. Yes, and because we carry the one fundamental thing is this mobile device. People call it a mobile phone. Uh, I'm not so sure about this phoning thing anymore. It's it's a computer. I mean, it it's it, it's got absolutely everything that you need. So why not have a you know an ability to make a transaction on that? I think it is the next thing. It has to be. Has without to be. question, yeah. Um, and what about things like loyalty cards? Um, is that kind of something that you guys might be toying with? Um, so, I mean, look, we've been 100% focused on getting the product in its current form out. Um, we've, we've got some thoughts around how we yeah. actually kind of um, enhance the value proposition going yeah. further down the line. And vouchers and coupons is definitely in the mix. So we are talking about it, but we don't have any concrete plans right, around right. that at the moment, yeah. Okay, I'm just thinking what's in your wallet. Yeah. You know, if you're thinking of the, of the cards that you have that makes your wallet nice and thick. Yes. It's not because you've got lots of money in it, because it's just a card after card after card. Absolutely. The less that we can carry, more reason to use more reason to use the facility. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I, look, lo- loyalty programs for me are kind of a personal bugbear. I mean, I've, I've got loyalty cards and often I find myself looking at them going, I don't even know why no, I have this in my wallet. I don't know what it does. <laughs> you know, I hand it over at the till and something, stuff. I don't know what's going on. So I'm, I'm one of those, I need real time information, you know. A hundred percent. So the tech is there, you know. So if there's a loyalty program, why am I not getting told immediately after paying it at till what the benefit to me was? Sure, sure. You know, and That's I think good. we've got the frameworks to do that so it's definitely something we're thinking about but uh, no concrete plans yet at this stage yeah yeah famous last words with you <laughs> <laughs> um, all right security i mean we've got to discuss security mm. because one of the things that i noticed i signed up to this i added my card next thing i was whisked away to this page i put a pin in and I, two bucks came off my account and they put the two bucks back what's going on so we have to conform to local regulation and uh, and uh, legislative requirements and of course, as, you, as you've mentioned, we've partnered with Standard Bank. So all of our stuff works uh, together with the bank's architecture, and we have to conform to whatever the security protocols are that are involved with that. So that 
that thing that you're talking about, which is a 3D secure um, verification of the cardholder, this is actually a, a legal requirement for electronic transactions right. via credit card in South Africa. And the reason for it is specifically to protect you. So if you put in an invalid card number, um, you're not going to get the verification code coming back. Okay. So what we do is we, we prevent people from, uh, you know, having finger problems, putting in the wrong card sure. number, first of all. And also we prevent people from trying to use fraudulent cards. Right. So that's the reason. The reason for the two rand being taken off, it actually isn't taken off. If you look at your uh, balances, you'll see that the money's not disappearing. It's kind of taken off and rebated immediately. The reason for that is to make sure that it's a valid card that is connected to a real bank account. Okay. okay. So we need to know right at the start, can this card be used for all of our stuff? And I mean, that's the, that's, that's the way we do it. Yeah. So I, I think for some people it might be a little freaky and scary, but you know, trust builds up over time in these, in these frameworks. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it all sounds right. It all sounds like it is to protect me. Mm. In other words, if someone's taken a picture of my card unknowingly mm. and they've added my card to their system, I would get the SMS to say exactly what, uh, into the spin, and I'm immediately going to know something's wrong. Exactly. Okay, so as long as I understand it's to protect me, yes, I think people are happy to go through that process. Uh, and I must say, it was painless. It was two, three steps. When you were done, next thing is a nice little picture with your card in that hashed out, by the way, which is quite a quite a good thing. Only the last couple of numbers are visible, so I can distinguish between my cards. Mm. And you're ready. You're ready to rock and roll. Um, now, we keep on mentioning Standard Bank. Does that mean I, only if I'm a Standard Bank customer can I add my cards or can I use other cards as well? Any bank card will work. So any any um, 3D secure authorized card. So if you've got a, um, let's say, an HSBC card from London, oh, right. that's not going to work because HSBC don't have an arrangement in place for 3D secure. So we can't accept that card because South African law requires 3D secure gotcha. verification of the card. Okay. But apps, uh, any of those kind they're of ones? All, yeah, they'll all work. No problem. Add yeah. them on. Yep. Go wild. That's it. And I could add a standard bank and an FNB and an APSA. Sure. Go, because you said three. Sure. Right, okay. <laughs> yes. um, all right. Now, as far as kind of using the cards, can I use them overseas? Can I use my wallet overseas? Um, you know, that's a question no one's asked me yet. And the answer is, I don't know. I think you could probably use it for certain things. I mean, if you were traveling overseas and wanted to send money back to your family, that would work, that would I would work, guess, because yeah. it's just an internet uh, 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 tra- transaction moving moving across, uh, you know, the, the path. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cyberspace. But, uh, I mean, obviously we'd have to, for, for some of the functionality, it's just not going to work at all because, you know, integrating with SnapScan for paying at a point of sale is a very specific thing. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, and cashing out at an ATM, it's, it's RAND in the wallet. So, you right. know, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, if you can find a standard bank ATM in London that, that spits out RAND, Rands. it may work. <laughs> I don't know. But okay. I think, I think a lot of the functionality is very specific uh, to Local. South Africa. But certain things like person to person money send, uh, that should work. And I suppose if you're overseas, kind of an emergency would count as somebody needs some money. Yeah. So, I mean, you should be able to, wherever you are, top your wallet that's up it, that's... and send money to someone. Yeah. Okay. And then airtime and things like that? That should work as well, that actually. Work, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. If, if you're thinking what the process is. Yes. Yes, that should work. I suppose just drawing out physical money or paying with a snap scan, if they don't have that facility, that's obviously not going to work. Yes. Um, Africa plans into rolling this out into kind of the rest of the continent? Well, I mean, uh, me and my team look after Africa, so it's always on our mind. Um, but uh, look, there's, it's quite a process putting um, 
uh, getting an infrastructure and, and framework right. like this set up. Um, but, you know, one of the reasons we are keen to be partnered with Standard Bank, they have a, a great footprint across Africa. Um, so there are no plans at the moment. Um, yes. But well, yeah. obviously it's, something it's, on, it's, on, it's on the radar at a point. Mm, sure. I suppose it has to be, Chris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, again, going back kind of to the whole um, WeChat as a, as, as a platform, mm. how do we get over the mindset? In other words, people think, people are going to ask, why must I download WeChat to get to the wallet? Mm. What we need to understand is that the WeChat is the framework to give you the wallet. Mm. Uh, you can't have the wallet without the WeChat, right? Mm. Is, that, is that how it works? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's part of the WeChat application. So that, that's where the wallet exists. Is, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, if, if the wallet is the primary way that you want to use WeChat, then you, I mean, WeChat would have to be installed to use it, which kind of goes without yeah, sure. saying. Um, but, you know, the point you're making now about people saying, do I need to install WeChat just to use the wallet? You know, it, I think we have a pretty tough challenge because, you know, some of the guys we are seen to be competing with have pretty much 100, like close, closest to, uh, as to making no difference, 100% penetration in this market. Right, right. Um, and one of our big challenges is people still see WeChat as this text messaging thing. Uh, completely. However, you know, when we do expose value in the platform, like with Cliff Central, like with idols and multi-choice, like with Big Brother, like with Money for Jam, like with Order In, like with Pickup, uh, those people actually stick around because there's value in the services that they're using. So we are actually building audience that is staying in the ecosystem for the particular things that matter to them. And the thing that makes this interesting for me is I think money matters to all of us. Exactly. So it's something that has relevance across uh, it's an hor- a horizontal. So if, if, if you think about, um, Cliff Central and Pickup and Order In and Money for Jam as kind of verticals, Virtuals, yeah. um, money is a horizontal that has <laughs> relevance across all of those, right? Sure. Uh, so it's kind of something that just adds an additional layer of value in the entire ecosystem. And, and we're quite excited about that. Uh, and saying all this, will I be able to, kind of integrate the wallet into those those verticals that you mentioned? Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing we haven't really spoken about is that in-app transactions uh-huh. uh, work as well. So, like with ordering, um, uh, we, we haven't integrated with them yet. We, we hope to do that soon. Um, but th- with that, you'll be able to pay either out of your cash balance or from a card just to order food. And, you know, it's literally a couple of taps and 15 minutes later it arrives at your door. And, and that's the one. And, yeah. that, and right there is yeah, the one. Exactly. With like lots of services, but as you said, the money, yeah, you gotta pay for them, unfortunately. Um, people want money, not sure what that's about. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, but my wallet lives, lives in, in there. Mm. So why shouldn't I be able to use the wallet to pay for this, for, for that kind of stuff? Yes. It make, makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, and then a question with regarding to the instant money. Mm. Um, can I top up if I don't, let's just say I'm the unbanked. I don't have a single bank account anyway. Mm. Can I take physical money and stick it into, into this? Use it as a savings or use it as something. You can as long as you have a valid South African ID book. Okay, so let's talk the requirements. I believe you've got to be 16 yes. to use this yep. and have a valid South African ID. Yes. 
can I go to a place like EasyPay or like Checkers or Spa, one of those retailers? So there are a couple of retailers that are supported. Um, Spa is, is um, I think, one of the biggest ones, and we're working on adding uh, others, and there's a, a variety of others. I, I don't have the full list right. in my brain right now. Um, but um, there you go up to the point of sale. So it's it's also not it's not all of the spas. It's, right. um, it's a specific spas. Spa um, Select or something. I, I'm not, I'm no, not no, 100% okay. sure. I'd have to verify that. Right. Um, but the, the idea is you can go and hand over physical cash. Uh, they give you a voucher and you'll top that up into your wallet. Into so, your wallet. Yeah. So, and again, you don't need a bank account. So if you've got a, a valid ID book um, and you've got cash, you can put money in the wallet. Okay. Uh, and, and will I one day be able to pay for my spa shopping out of my wallet? I hope, hope so. That we'll sounds so. that sounds cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I, I definitely want to work on that. You know, I mean, if you think about it, that is kind of what Snapscan does. They 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 provide ways of paying uh, with retailers and merchants. Um, so we want to expand that. You know, we want to work together with the Snapscan guys to do that. Because to me, that will be that's that's the ultimate. Uh, totally one agree. location, leave all this other crap at home, mm. take your driver's license on your phone. And now you're ready to rock and roll, pay for your pick and pay, pay for whatever it is, have your cup of coffee, and it's all ones and zeros, it's all anyways. Exactly. Now, we don't, the chance of taking cash out is so slim at this, this stage. Mm. When your parking attendants in Cape Town accept SnapScan, you're yeah. able to pay for your one-hour parking at 5,000 rand an hour. But, uh, <laughs> you know, then that's the, that's the way the world's going. It's all virtual. Yeah. And e-commerce, is there an, is there an extension into e-commerce with this? Uh, I think there is. I mean, I have in my mind a very clear view of what that user experience would look like. Um, and I am starting some interesting conversations in the e-commerce world, yeah. I see. Just getting there. Slowly we're going to draw it out of you, but you're not letting anything out. This is really irritating. <laughs> We've got to have something to talk about no, no, no. next time. You know what? Okay, that's, that's, that's a very, very, very valid point. Uh, in closing, kind of, we're rocking and rolling. This is phase one. It's out there. Um, the launch was last week. And we now have to wait for you to kind of reveal a little bit more mm. of what our next stuff is. Well, you're still not saying anything. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Look, I think, I think you'll see stuff happening fairly quickly because uh, we're, um, I think, you know, this is one of the fastest moving environments in all of tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, mobile messaging, mobile social. This is like a rapid, uh, a rapid uh, um, uh, environment. So we have to move fast in order to make sure we can deliver value. So you'll see stuff happening soon. Okay, well, and again, the platform, platform, platform. The platform's yes. there. It's a matter of plugging the right stuff in, exactly. make, integrating, making sure it's work, secure as hell, and give the good experience. Absolutely. Sure. All right. So great stuff. So you heard it here, people. Uh, watch this space. You'll hear more and more. Uh, Brett, thank you for popping in. If people want more information, what's the best way? Download the app, obviously. Yep. Okay. Uh, or go to WeChat.ca today. Simple as that. Yeah. Is it all there? Yep. Okay. And then FYI, I wrote this article on thetechyguy.com to kind of tell you how this is and what's going on there as well. So you can guys can check that out. All right, Brett, thanks again. Thank we'll you. Speak to you soon. Cheers. This is cliffcentral.com. Can you put a price on your future income? And how much will it cost you to look after your family for as long as is needed? It seems the new road accident benefit scheme has an answer. 44,000 Rand to be exact. That's the maximum amount you'll ever receive if you're involved in a road accident. Surely, our futures are worth more than that. This message was brought to you by the Law Society of the Northern Provinces. Go to truthaboutrabs.org and add your voice. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Liron Segev, on cliffcentral.com. Right, so that was... Um, 
WeChat and all about mobile money and mobile wallets and all that good stuff. But um, one thing we haven't spoken about is being social. And this is what Erin is here to tell us. And Erin is from Digital Republic. Hello, Erin. Hello. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Are you ready? Uh, I'm not so sure anymore <laughs> after those uh, off-airish questions that we just had just run through. Making it sound so dirty. As opposed to... Clean. Oh, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> that, that, that kind of stuff. This is not that kind of show. It isn't. Jonty, don't get upset. This is not the sex show. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So, Erin, we're here to discuss some serious stuff now. Okay, let's get serious for a second. So, Liron, okay. let's get serious. Let's get serious. Um, okay, we talk about digital strategy. Because now, here's the situation. So, we get, we get a lot of these guys. We get a lot of these guys who talk about analytics and saying you've got to measure your engagement and all these amazing, amazing buzzwords. Huh? They're all lying. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're not lying. Well, they're, they're sort of lying because to me, it's like numbers and data. And yeah, okay. I want to know now what? I've got this amazing data. What do I do? So tell me what do you guys do? Okay. So um, I'm going to briefly speak about what we do and then I'm going to speak more about what I do. Oh, there's a we and an I? There's a we and an I. Yes. What is it? So um, Digital Republic is largely a research company in terms of um, insights and stats and analytics. We have an insights tool called Tracks that um, basically does all these wonderful things, tells you how your brand's performing online in terms of social media, blogs, news forums, everything like that. But you can also measure yourself in comparison to what your competitors are doing. Okay, so that's the we okay. bit. Then the I bit, I'm the and what. So what does that mean? I am the person who comes along and says, okay, what are we doing with this information and how do we make it make sense? Um, so that when you start creating a strategy, it makes sense and aligns with the stats and the analytics that you have and you get maximum reach and results, if that makes any sense. Okay. So, I mean, it does, cause, but there's a lot of buzzwords in here, reach and results. Okay. Give me practical. So let's talk, let's talk the situation. I've now logged onto your system. Okay, I've got information and it's giving me stats and it says so and so and percentages and these spikes and these dips. <laughs> nah, what? Okay, so um, the first myth I'm going to say is complete hogwash is that if you go online and this is exactly, this will make sense in, in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> if you go online, there's a million stories that say the right time to tweet is between like 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. And the right, right yeah, time right, to right. Facebook is between like 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. And that for me is complete rubbish because each brand is different. Each engagement um, with each brand differs. So what that means is... Um, Cliff Central's engagement will differ from the restaurant down the road. Right. So when they're posting or when they're tweeting or when they're Facebooking or whatever, it's going to differ to somebody that's like a nighttime restaurant or a 24-hour restaurant like Andicio's as an example. Um, okay, so the whole thing of all restaurants should tweet between one and three – well, that doesn't really apply to all restaurants and certainly doesn't apply to all businesses. No. All. So basically, firstly, I take the stats of this tool um, or, you, I mean, you, you take the stats from a tool and you look at when your engagement rates is the highest. When is your community and your audience online? And so we tweak your, your engagement in terms of when you're posting actual content out on those times. So your engagement and your reach is in, is in greater. And when I say engagement, I'm not just speaking about a potential person who possibly looked at your post at one time <laughs> or another. I'm speaking about somebody who's actually engaged with your content. Somebody who's gone, oh wow, this brand is doing such cool
cool things or I hate you or, you know, whatever right. it is. It could be positive engagements or it could be negative engagement, but we're speaking about engagements. And that ideally is what you want because you want people speaking about your brand so they will go onto your website and possibly buy your product or your service. Okay, so but now this whole thing of there is such a thing as good engagement and bad engagement. Yes. Okay. Um, what I find is absolutely amazing is that companies have got all this great research and great tools and processes and procedures to know when someone's bitching about their product. <laughs> they know what to do. They know who to phone. They know what the call center number is. They know how to tweet. They know all that. But when someone says, wow, amazing service from brand A – they have Crickets. no idea what Radio to do. Radio silence. Nobody has a cooking clue. <laughs> nobody, nobody kind of, uh, should people be engaging when things are positive? Of course. That's when you should probably be engaging the most. I know you obviously have to nip, um, negative, negative engagement well, in the back. That's a given. But if you want them to keep engaging with you positively, you have to engage back. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and tweet about how fantastic the techie guy is if I don't ever get a response from him. Oh, no, you'll get. Okay. <laughs> because I use this tool called Tracks, uh, which lets me know well. <laughs> about that. Right, but, but that's exactly it. It is that. Is that if someone says and goes, wow, amazing service at restaurant A, or um, surely restaurant A should come back straight away saying, thanks for being a loyal customer. I hope to see you soon. Well, that's exactly And they yes. feel loved now. Show, you know, love thy customer, right? Um, and obviously, you know, it goes without saying, if you're standing at the restaurant, bitching and moaning about something, they should definitely get a hold of you and say, well, how can we help you? How can we make it better? Of course. Uh, is this what you, what the tool will, will, will do that? So that's an aspect of the tool. I mean, um, it, it will flag um, engagements and you can actually di- like direct it in terms of positive sentiment, mixed sentiment. I mean, um, what's different about this tool is that you get positive and, mix, uh, positive and negative, but you also get something called mixed, which is nice because I could go uh, – I'm just going to give you an example. I could say – I fly with Airline X all the time. Um, I really enjoy flying with Airline X because their prices are so cheap, but their service really disappointed me. Right. Now, let's say they tweet, I tweeted that. Um, in that tweet, flying with Airline X because their prices are so cheap, love them, positive. Right. But right, right. their service is shocking, negative. And so what that allows me to do is take one example or one um, phrase or saying mm. and really split it and dissect it and then that as a from a business perspective if i'm the entrepreneur or the owner or the ceo i can then look at that that information and actually benefit like grow my business and, and tweak it in a way that goes well you know we are getting clients that love our our airfare and the and the cost of it but they hate the fact that our service well, is so like, crappy yeah. And then, then you know how to deal with it. Yes. And then you can actually send it, hopefully, you can send it to the relevant departments to deal with and fix and, and improve upon. Okay. But now the question is, do I have to have a multi-million dollar corporate to be able to use the service? No. I actually think that it's the smaller guys who benefit the most. All right. Tell me more about that. Okay. So I... um. I My speciality is really creating social media and managing it in a sense to the point that it, it, it creates click-throughs. And what that means is if you're a small brand, and I'm going to give you an example, I work with a fashion brand who is like a one-man show. She's one girl who imports and brings in clothing, and she has no cooking clue about social media, which is fine because that's where I come in. Sure. And so I manage and create her, her social media accounts. I check her engagement levels. Um, I see that her press is getting out there in terms of blog posts and news publicity feeds and everything like that. And then what ends up happening is 
We manage and maintain it. Because of this and because of all the work that I do in the background and I make sure that her content directs people to her website, we're then able to increase her online sales in her online store. And so a small brand like that really benefits. You can see the benefit fairly quickly and fairly immediately because what I'm doing directly equates to sales. And so suddenly she's like, oh, my God, a pair of shoes has suddenly been sold off my website as a direct result of this tweet. Whereas larger brands, because they're so big and there are so many avenues and channels, may not be able to see that direct. Obviously, you will later later on. But the smaller guys benefit with immediacy, where the bigger guys really benefit in terms of brand publicity or, or product awareness, as well as crisis management. Okay, but but that's like you've just nailed like a fundamental kind of point here, because there's a lot of mystique out there, and there's a lot of um, what's the technical word? Oh, bullshit! That happens <laughs> where people are saying, "Oh no, you've got to do X amount of tweets and X amount of social engagement, which one day in the future will resonate in the subconscious of the mind." And when you wake up in the morning, you're going to put your left shoe on and think, "Oh, I should buy shoes from someone." And this all because of the work we did in 1947. Okay, I call hogwash. So okay. I agree. For me, that's bullshit. Okay, there we go. So you're saying we're able to now track real actionable points. And track them back to what got that person to make that buying decision. Well, I think I think it needs to. Yes, you have to be able to track it to see what's making them buy that product or, or create or take that action. And at the end of the day, I don't actually care who you are or what you're about. If you have social media and you have a business, the social media needs to be leading to business. There are po- yes, there's a portion yes, sure. of it that has to. And if it's Otherwise, not convert- what's the point? Well, I mean, you don't just want to have social media for crisis management because then all you're going to get on your oh, social course, media yeah. channels sure. is bitching. So, I yeah. mean, you get these companies that are going, well, you know, Facebook is only for when they complain and Twitter is only for when they praise us. Uh, How do you control that? You can't. And to try and get that across to some of these um, corporates is immensely difficult. Okay, but now – the nice thing about the the difficult corporates, one thing they do understand is a graph and a diagram. Okay, I, I don't know what it is that makes them all excited about a graph, but it does, and that's what the tool spits out as well. Yes, I like the you got one of the features which really is really cool is the ability to look at you versus a competitor versus multiple competitors. Tell me about that feature. Okay, so I'm going to break it down into a way that makes sense and how I use it. So let's say... She's dumbing it down for us, people. Brace yourself. (laughs) So let's say um, I have... I'm going to use a real-life example. So I had a pizza company, a company, a pizza fast food company that opened in South Africa and wanted to measure how they were doing against other fast food companies. And what ended up happening is we started on a very small scale because they were new, they were testing the market, they weren't all over the place. And so we compared them to smaller pizzerias, so local guys in the areas, not your not your big names like Debonairs or Andichos or whatever. And so what ended up happening is we measured them against that and only after they overtook their competition in terms of social engagements and us being about positive engagements right. and their feed, were we able to then drop the smaller guys, which is like El Papa's right, Pizzeria right, right, right. down the road, who's been there for like 30 years and sure. it's a family-run pizzeria and there's only one of them. And we've been able to up them and, and see them compete against the larger guys in terms of like Debonairs and Andichos and that kind of stuff, which has been interesting because then you can track growth. You can track growth in a very real way, not just going, oh, well, we overtook 
Papa John's Pizzeria down the road. That's wonderful. Now we're going to stay here forever. You can really up your, up your growth range and start compete, competing with larger locals. And then if you wanted to compete on an international scale, you could even up it, compete it on that, which for me is always, always great. But when you look at engagements, it's also important to note, and I'm going to, I'm going to use, um, a real life example. So. Investec recently had a terrible time on social media. They, somebody or some lady was dating a guy who, um, sent her a very abusive message and she, she, it basically said, um, the next time I see you, I'm not going to use words because a woman like you, um, words are not used. I'm going to use my fists. Oh, and it was lovely. like a horrific message. Lovely. And this woman took a screenshot of the message and tweeted it and went at Investec, look at what kind of men you are oh, hiring. Okay. And Investec didn't respond timelessly. And so what ended up happening is this spitballed over a 24-hour period. The whole of Twitter was blowing up. And I don't know how many emails Investec got out of that, but they were like, you need to escalate this. This is terrible. Um, so many people tweeted and said that it was disgusting and how con- Investec con- condone this sure. behavior. And it was really quite shit because Investec <laughs> didn't condone the behavior. They happened to hire somebody who had done this in, his, in their personal well, capacity, sure. but they were dealing with all the backlash. Now, the point of this is they got a lot of engagement over two days. That was not good, good engagement. And so when, let's say, another financial institution is measuring against Investec, you could see this massive peak and you could be like, why weren't we peaking at that time on that date? Because you don't want to. And if you are peaking at that time or that day, it should be like, we don't hire people who do this and you should be trying to take some of the market share as a capitalist or as an entrepreneur. And that's really what it comes down to. It's about measuring it against against your competitors, but also looking at what kind of engagement those competitors have. Because if you, I mean, I've had meetings with people who go, my competitor had such like a higher engagement rate on this day at this time. And I'm like, have you looked at the engagement? Yeah, have you seen what the people exactly. have been saying? And I think that also plays a key role. And your digital strategists and your marketers who are really on point are, have their fingers on all those pulses, see what's going on, and they create a strategy in like two hours to steal the market share of somebody else's bad publicity. And those are the guys you really want to have on your side. But it, 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 that's exactly the point, is that stop looking at, at, a, num- at a number because the number doesn't tell you yeah. anything. What's the content behind the number? Why are they there? If they're all complaining the fact that in this particular case, Investec didn't respond to this amazing personality that they hired. Yeah. You want to be those people who stay far away from it or capitalizing on the fact that something is going down. So, I mean, we've seen the famous example of, I mean, the term is like newsjacking when something's going down and a brand kind of uses, um, you know, get, gets in, gets into that. Um, the famous example of the newsjacking is when the, everyone was watching the Super Bowl in the States, which is kind of one of the biggest eyeball thing that ever created. Everybody was watching this, and then they had a power failure. So not only in South Africa, by the way, this happens in the <laughs> States. Um, so the power failure happened in the, studio, in, the, in the stadium, and everything went pitch black. Instantly, Oreo, you know, the cookie, yeah. they jumped on this. They tweeted a very simple message. They said – Picture of the Oreo cookie, and they said you can still dunk in the dark, <laughs> and that just went insane. Viral. Went viral. What did they do? They took a situation and used it to their advantage. With a software like this, and the tool, and your strategy on top of it, you can use that to your advantage. So I'm a huge fan of that. So I look at what's happening 
individually on a day on the brands that I work with. I look at what's happening on a day to day basis and see if there's anything we can plug into. But then I also look at what trends will be happening. So some of the stuff you can project and you can foresee. And I'm going to give you an example tomorrow. Um, well, there's Black Friday. Right. Uh, there's Black Friday. About that. Last week. <laughs> Last week, there's Black Friday. And um, this fashion brand that I'm dealing with, obviously, that's something that we plugged into because she's got online yeah. people who want to so. buy this. And we did discounts and everything like that in, t- in anticipation. That then is something that you can plug into. Yeah. There's um, another brand that I work with that's almost like a co-working space. And there was like Global Entrepreneurship Week. And basically, we created an entire c- campaign around what does it mean to be a global entrepreneur? Do you now need to be a Richard Branson where you buy a building in every country? Or can you be a global entrepreneur out of a coffee shop? How, have we shifted to that point? Right. And in anticipation to this trend, we plug into that. But then you get those kind of trends that sure. you can plug into and your immediacy like... I don't know, the bridge collapsing right, on right, Grayson right. Drive. There was, I mean, there was a lot of brand, brand publicity around that. And surprisingly, I'm also doing a whole bunch of research. I'm probably going to be doing a bit of a video of this soon in terms, in conjunction with Adlib around the Pray for Paris, um, right. saga and how brands have hijacked the Pray for Paris hashtag and used it for themselves and almost leveraged this horrific event. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of their own marketing and their own campaigning. And it's it's cause marketing, if you will. Sure. You link yourself in with the cause. Absolutely. Look, and there's ways to do it right. There's ways to do it to kind of with, a, with, with sensitivity. <laughs> and there's ways to really screw this up. There's ways that you just want to cringe and you're going, that is not tactful I, I, at, at all. all. Exactly. So you just got to do it. You got to do it right. Uh, and that, that's, what it, that's what it kind of boils down. Um, so finally, kind of. You know, we talk about whether you got to be a big business to use this tool or not. Um, let's just go back to that point. If you're a small business, you don't have a ma- massive budget. Are there services that you guys can still offer them? Of course. So, um, so what I do, um, and I think I think this is really the smart way to do it, is there is no blanket fee. There is no blanket fee. If you're a big insurance company or if you're a small person, you pay two very different prices. Right. And so we customize and make, um, some, we make something to suit your budget. And if you need my services, um, it could be a matter of somebody creating their own content, but only needing to meet me once a week to go over the sure. stats and the analytics and for me to advise versus me creating the content, running on it, running it and still meeting with you on a weekly basis. So you understand what's going on with your brand. And this is also something that I advocate, whether you're big or small, I won't take on a brand unless I can meet with you. If you're asking me to do strategy, this is this aspect. I will not take it on if unless I can meet with you on a weekly or two weekly basis. Right. Because digital is this wonderful space where it's not static. You haven't printed something in a magazine and there's 20,000 copies. And if it doesn't work, you can't pull it. Sure. It's something that is movable, exactly. is flexible, and we should be changing and adapting on a week-by-week basis. And I'm never going to do something with a brand without you knowing about it. Okay, gotcha. All right, so that's the word to the wise, people. Um, so, Erin, people need to get a hold of you. What can they do? Twitter or? Okay, so let's speak about Twitter because I'm obviously big on social media. It wouldn't make sense <laughs> if I wasn't. Um, you can tweet me. That's at Erin Lux, E-R-I-N-L-U-X. Um, you can email me. That's Erin at digitalrepublic.co.za. Or if you want to phone the office. I'm, I'm Fine. Ne- What's that? 
phone. I'm sure, never there. Surely there's a website. There is a website. Yeah, let's go with well, that. Okay, should we go with that? www.digitalrepublic.co.za. Phone. I, mean, I was going to say, I'm on. never at the come office. On. And who uses those things anyway? You're more likely to find me in a coffee shop being a hipster. There we go. Now you're talking. <laughs> All right, guys, so then um, check that out. That definitely is a tool for any business to use. And the nice thing, it translates the gumph, um, oh, sorry, the stats and the gumph and the rubbish and translates into a real world so you can actually do something with that information. The nice thing is that you can very quickly go back into history, determine some trends, and then know what works, what doesn't work, and make your changes. So definitely go check Aaron's product out. Um, check that out. Um, and that's been another episode of Talking Tech with the Techie Guy. Um, you need to get a hold of me at thetechieguy.com or at Liron underscore S-E-G-E-V. Otherwise, we'll see you for another episode on cliffcentral.com. Talking Tech. With the Techie Guy, Leon Segev, on cliffcentral.com.